Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to Dirt Radio. I am your host, Phil Evans, coming at you from Yalabarang, um, on the land of the Wurundjeri people in the Kulin Nation where sovereignty has never been ceded. I want to pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging as we all strive for climate justice and environmental justice more broadly. I today want to um, talk a lot about the Northeast Link, which is pretty exciting. So for over 45 years, Friends of the Earth have been mobilising communities to think about alternative ways of transport, thinking outside of the car to uh, resist those sorts of fossil fuel driven technologies and to transform it into one where we all embrace more public transport, active transport like walking and riding bicycles as well. Today on the show, we're going to talk to um, three people, so it's a bit of a packed show. So uh, make sure you strap yourself in and get ready for a pretty action-packed show talking about roads, talking about the Northeast Link, and talking about the resistance to it. We'll be back in just one moment. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR Blackfellow Radio, Melbourne. So you are on Dirt Radio on 3CR um, with Phil Evans and joining me in the studio to talk about all things Northeast Link today, I've got Helen Sutsuvis and also I've got Claudia Galou. Galois. Galois. <laughs> I knew I was going to get one wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, Claudia is uh, from uh, the Sustainable Cities Collective at Friends of the Earth, and Helen is from North Baldwin and has been a long-time concerned citizen around the uh, construction of these road projects. I welcome you both to the studio today. Thank you so much. Helen, I wonder if you could start. Uh, I know not so much about the uh, the Northeast Link. I do know that um, it means more cars on the road, which is yeah. concerning yeah. Um, since they're also fossil fuel driven. Yeah. Um, I've seen it described as the missing link of the freeways. Uh, yeah, that is interesting. I, I tend to think that it's they call it the missing link, but really it ends up having a missing link. If you end, if you're spending $16 billion on a northeast link and it's going to terminate very near your studios at Hoddle Street, mm. we don't have an east-west link. Where is the – there's still a missing link. <laughs> there's no freeway there. You end up – you're going to have an extra 100,000 cars per day. That's, oh that's what the extra capacity is meant to de- design for. But then once you reach Hoddle Street – where does it all end up? Mm. It's just dumped into Hoddle Street. So basically the the powers that be said we're going to measure the savings in time for transport up to Hoddle Street. Well, that doesn't help us because who terminates at Hoddle Street? We all continue into the city. We go to the west. So to me, the Northeast Link 
has even wider ramifications. If if people were concerned about the east-west link, they should be very, very concerned about the north-east link because once that's built, there will be extra pressure now to continue with the east-west link to mop up all the problem, the traffic excess that you have, all the gridlock caused by the northeast link at Hoddle Street. And you might think that that's just a small location, but the environmental effects statement was very critical of Hoddle Street. It said of all the freeways in Melbourne, that particular spot is the most congested of all Melbourne's freeways. So if we could fix that up, it's like throwing a stone in a pond. If you fix it up, the ramifications get wider and wider, mm. but they haven't fixed that up. So we're spending $16 billion to cause gridlock at Hoddle Street. It'll just become a car park. It'll become a car park for those extra 100,000 cars. Absolutely. And yeah. it feels like it's uh, stuck in the past in this mm. kind of 80s idea that we yes. want to turn ourselves into Los Angeles with those uh, winding freeways exactly. that overlap each other. But, I mean, Melbourne's really world-class and known for having an amazing public transport system. That's why we're on the Liverpool Cities list. exactly. What do you think is driving this sort of... Yeah, look, I think there are pretty much three factors, okay? Um, You compared us to Los Angeles, and that's true. But if you've had a look at their freeways, um, the largest freeway in the world, for instance, is in Texas, the Katy Freeway that has 24 lanes, Mm. okay? We're looking at 20 lanes, so we're getting close to that. But the Katy Freeway has overlaps. You've seen it. It's like a plate Mm. of spaghetti. Mm. But ours doesn't even – the plans don't have any overlap. They're like a fan. It's like when you open a fan and you have all those grids, Mm. that's – so why haven't we – that's the problem for the environment. It's taking up so much space. They haven't even done any crossovers at major intersections. Why not? So to me, there are three factors for that. The first one, which we don't have – and these ones, they don't have in America – is the government has used its Land Acquisition Act. So basically, it can come and say to residents, businesses, parks, gardens, facilities – we're very, very sorry, but we need we have to use your land. And mm. we can because we have the powers under the Land Acquisition Act. So the land is free. They can take what they like. They can have as much land as they like. So where where is the incentive to cross over? When, why do we have to pay for that? That's expensive. And then, so they've got the land for free. Then the government says, we're going to give you $16 billion, the most we've ever had for a a whole road project in Australia, let alone Melbourne. Fantastic. So now you're giving us all this money. Why do we need to economise? Why do we need to worry about anything? We can take what we like. We've got the land. We've got the budget. And then, on top of that, (laughs) once it's all done, us who want to grace the presence of this new freeway, we have to pay tolls. Mm. So there's toll income. So that will just fix all the budget mess for years to come because every time you use the freeway, you'll be paying a toll. And at the moment, it's free. Mm, the it's Eastern Freeway is a freeway, but it will become the Northeast Tollway. Mm. It and seems outrageous, doesn't it? Almost oh, a like a corporate subsidy um, for us to uh, for the land to be free, yes. for that um, that money to be put up, and then for it to be paid for again by the public. It's it's really cruel. It's criminal because 
the yeah, of course, we all want to get from A to B. We all want to use, you know, the Star Trek <laughs> beam me up, Scotty. I mean, it would be lovely to do that. It would be lovely <laughs> to have that instant effect, but we don't. We've only got limited capacity, and they're just so old school. Like, let's have twenty lanes. And, um, you know, that will solve the problem, but it doesn't because we don't have 20 lanes all through the system. Mm. It's still, as you said, it's not a missing link. It it stops at Hoddle Street and dumps all the traffic there. And as you also mentioned in your introduction, public transport, there were so many options. Like, we're kind of lucky because we're in this period now where the planning minister has got lots and lots of proposals for what to do. The North East Link has said, here's our 20 lanes. But the community has said, well, hang on, you know, let's see if we can do better than that. And some have come up with some really good ideas where you don't have to widen the freeway at all and you can get the same increase in capacity. Mm. Why aren't they interested? Because it involves public transport and carpooling and that doesn't give toll income. Mm. That is the reason. So it doesn't. Yes, it's lovely to have public transport. It would stop. You you think of where we are at Hoddle Street at the freeway. Mm. I don't know if you use it. Um, There's a station there, Victoria Park Station. It's almost, it's kind of a subtle bridge just before Hoddle Street Mm. that goes over the freeway. Now, that connects all the northern suburbs on the Hurstbridge line Mm. to come into the city seamlessly. We've got this middle median strip, this grass strip, this humble strip on the Eastern Freeway. If that was a train line, that could link up with Victoria Park Station and then you don't have 22 sets of traffic lights for the buses and cars to get Mm. into the city. You seamlessly come into the CBD. It sounds like a dream. (laughs) But the land is there. You don't need to widen the freeway. If you've ever been on the Eastern Freeway, you look to your right when in when you're inbound in the morning and you see the grass area that was destined or since its inception for trains mm. and it's not there Absolutely. Um, you mentioned um, around um, community resistance, and we're going to take a little um, really quick break, mm-hmm. and I want to bring another voice into um, the debate. Um, that is Michelle Jovis, and um, we'll call her in, and then we'll be back in just a moment after these community service announcements. Well, if you listen to Tracy, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to Tracy, oh, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, I sure know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. They're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. What? Who the hell is that? Clap your hands. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Tune in to Power from the Margins, 3CR's broadcast for International Day of People with Disability on 3rd of December. From 7am to 7pm, we'll feature BIPOC perspectives, live music, artists and discussions. For details, visit 3cr.org.au forward slash Disability Day 2019. 
So you're back on 3CR on Dirt Radio with Phil Evans, and I'm talking to Claudia and Helen about the Northeast Link, and I want to bring another voice into the debate, uh, as Helen was just giving us a bit of a rundown on the background of the Northeast Link project. She did mention that there's been quite a bit of uh, community resistance that has um, built up around it, and joining me on the phone now is Michelle Giovis. Hello, Michelle. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Um, We've been just talking about the Northeast Link um, in the studio here, and I know that um, you've been quite um, actively involved in the current uh, wave of resistance going on for the Northeast Link, especially around um, some of the community consultation going on. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit of a paint a bit of a picture for our listeners what's been happening around the resistance to the Northeast Link. Um, there is a fair bit of resistance, I think, as knowledge grows about the extent of the project, uh, people are becoming a lot more disturbed and concerned about the impacts to their homes, to their health, to the environment. And I'm a member of the um, community liaison group for North East Link. So I um, am pretty well informed about what's going on. Mm. And the um, the com- the community resistance, uh, what sort of things have the community been up to um, lately? Well, we've been working with Friends of the Earth and there are other groups that have developed, um, like Residents United Against North East Link. Um, there's also the Smarter Way group. And I think what... Res- there's, so there is resistance to the road, per se, so that we've had banner drops that um, Friends of the Earth have been prominent in. But we also have the community coming up with better designs that are coming up with suggestions for changes. Um, If the road goes ahead, uh, we we don't want it to go ahead, but if it does, we want it to be less environmentally damaging and um, we want it to have less impact on people. So the community are coming up with suggestions to improve um, the, the outcomes for the community. Mm. And, this, and this involves and this involves extending the tunnel or removing some of the interchanges that um, aren't really justified, and also to protect um, you know significant natural parkland and trees. So, so this idea of um, rethinking the link to rethink it and um, kind of redesign it in a way that um, is less harmful to the environment and and better for the community. You mentioned some of the parklands and um, areas that might be affected. Um, what what sort of um, what sort of areas are we talking about when we think about where the northeast link might go through? Well, one of the key concerns is um, the Simpson Army Barracks that would, um, if the current design goes through, it's a cut and cover tunnel and trenching that would destroy 13 hectares of land and that contains, you know, thousands of trees. It also contains endangered tree species, which is the studded park gum and the matted flax lily. And this um, road would take out significant populations of um, both those species and and would actually um, we we might lose the Stanley Park gum altogether as a because it's an evolving taxa. It's an evolving tree. It's a hybrid between the river red gum and the Stanley Park gum, and it's um 
no, swamp gum, sorry, it's, it's mm. evolving test between the river red gum and the um, swamp gum because it's evolving before our eyes and the most significant population is located in the Simpson Army Barracks. So it's um, incredibly important to science and it's also incredibly important to us that we don't see a significant tree species become extinct because of this road. You mentioned some of the um, actions that you've taken around some banner drops and things like that, um, but I know um, you've been busy um, around with um, many of the public hearings going on around the North East Link. Uh, it sounds, um, many people at home are probably thinking, oh, making a submission at a public hearing sounds like a, um, an intimidating thing to do. Um, how did you find the experience? Um, were your, was your voice respected and heard in those hearings? I think so. Um, you know, I, I went along to hearings. They went just over seven and a half weeks, and I probably attended, you know, for more than six weeks. And yeah, I, I felt that the panel members were very respectful to the public, and that they listened to the voices of the community. But we, I think, what um, is a concern that they, the. Um, the proponent, NALP, gets the largest portion of time to present their case and that they have, um, you know, a team of barristers acting on their behalf and they have, um, you know, experts that, um, you know, do their bidding, I guess. And but the actual panel members, I felt, were very fair, but it's a question of resources, that, um, you know, it's uh, quite uneven uh, when, you know, you, you, the community really don't have uh, the ability to put up um, opposing experts or to employ barristers to present their case for them. Mm. So it's a little bit uneven, but I do think that um, I have a lot of faith in the EES process. What I don't have faith in is the political process, and that's... Um, you know, when governments push through roads that, um, you know, might come up with a poor environmental outcome and a poor community and health outcome. So earlier when we were talking, um, Helen was uh, painting a bit of a picture around the northeast link. Uh, she mentioned that um, there was um, a series of uh, things that had happened. So there was the um, free land acquisition, the, uh, the money being put up for um, the road to being built by the government, um, and then the toll roads that um, kind of advantaged uh, um, the corporations later on. When you're and you mentioned just then that uh, there was all these barristers and um, expert witnesses and things like that. I wonder, does the government supply, uh, supply the community with any resources or help um, to allow them to exi- uh, to be part of these public consultation processes? Is there any assistance given by the government to community members? Um. If there is, I don't know about it. I, I wish there was. Um, we we really had to uh, contact academics and people that really were willing to give their opinion, their expert opinions, um, voluntarily and at no charge. And that included um, Dr. Vicky Kotsourilis, who's expert on air pollution impacts on health and she's really concerned about this project and we also had the advice of academics from the University of Melbourne but on transport and transport impacts on health and they were 
fantastic experts, mm. but uh, you know the NELP barristers try to tear them to shreds, and we don't sort of um, you know it's difficult. But the local councils who the six local councils um, areas are impacted, and four of the councils actually five of the councils provided submissions, and they um, employed. Uh, their own barristers and expert witnesses. And I think the um, North East Link provided, you know, a small amount of money towards uh, helping the, or towards increasing resources for the councils to act on the community's behalf. Mm. But I'm sure it paled in comparison. Absolutely nothing that, <laughs> I, that I'm aware of. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's really painting a picture here in my head of um, the, the classic um, organised people versus organised money um, in the campaign. So it, it's really um, heartening to hear the uh, the work that both um, Helen and um, yourself, Michelle, and everyone else in the community is doing to um, to really help rethink the link um, as um, the uh, the project winds on. I believe it, the proposed start date is next year for the project, so um, it feels like very okay. critical time. Yeah, the early works contract has already been let, which is sort of like a slap in the face to people participating in the environmental effects statement process. Mm. So the early works contract, which is to you know um, investigate utilities, maybe change drainage, that's already underway. So that's um, a concern. And the, I guess the works proper are planned to start next year, but it seems really concerning that uh, NALP and other government agencies just act like the um, AES process is a green light mm. when they should be waiting for the panel's decision and for the environmental performance requirements, the conditions under which they can proceed you know, before they take any further action. And, and it's sort of like disrespectful to the whole process. So there's this um, mentality in government that the road is going to proceed. And that's a concern. And, you know, everyone should sort of step back, take a breather, um, come up with a better proposition like to rethink the link and to consider the impact on the environment and on communities because, you know, we're dealing with people's lives and this project is Victoria's largest ever infrastructure project going through 30 suburbs of north-east Melbourne and it is going to... It's got a 500-hectare construction footprint and will take out of action during the construction 175 hectares of open space. Mm. And we've, I guess the other guys have probably mentioned about the 26,000 trees lost. Mm. That the NELP didn't count the trees that were less than three metres in height. So the actual tree loss could be, you know, 40,000 trees if you um, counted smaller trees. And some of the trees are many hundreds of years old. It's... So, you know, we're losing tree canopy at an enormous rate... If this, and it's just destruction of the northeastern suburbs for the car and the almighty dollar. And it's just, um, you know, you can understand there's a 
significant level of concern. Absolutely. And, and I wanted to, um, we're just about to um, run out of time, unfortunately, Michelle. I know we could talk about um, this for um, quite some time. It's a very weighty issue. But I did want to get to um, some of the things that uh, people who might be listening at home and thinking, well, this sounds like it's a really wrong project. Um, it sounds like the um, the cards are being stacked against the community, but there are ways that people can get involved in helping out um, to uh, to build that resistance and to build that narrative around rethinking the link. And I wanted to hand over a little bit to um, to Claudia just to let people know um, what's actually been happening around and how people can get involved in um, in this sort of work. Well, um, okay. coming up. On Wednesday, we are having a action on Parliament Steps at 10am, and the action is to celebrate 50 years since Melbourne's first and last ever transport plan. So we have not had a new plan since the 50s, and the North East Link is actually one of the roads that was suggested from this plan. And what do you know, we haven't had a new plan, and we're, going, we're apparently going to go ahead with this North East Link, which doesn't make much sense in 2019. And no wonder it feels so retro. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, if people want to get involved, come on down. We're going to have some speeches and um, there's so much that can be done. Um, there's lots of people organising. We we're having weekly meetings um, every second week at Friends of the Earth on Monday nights and every other week um, at the Greythorne Community Hub in Baldwin, I think it is. Um, so get involved, look up the Sustainable Cities Facebook page, send us a message and feel free to come along. Great. So that's tomorrow morning is the rally. That's um, Wednesday the 27th if you're listening back on our on-demand service or on a podcast. Um, and so we'll put links to um, those events and also to the Sustainable Cities um, Facebook page and any other um, links that um, you want to suggest to us in the show notes to make sure that people can find out more information about this and how they can um, be involved. We've got a, um, just a, about a minute or so left and I wanted to invite um, Helen or Michelle just to let anyone know about anything else they think might be helpful um, for people to do to um, to join with the community in in this work? Um, Michelle? Oh, I would really um, welcome people joining Friends of Banyul and having a look at our Facebook page. I would also 100% support people getting involved in the Sustainable Cities campaigns and on Rethink the Link and also to write to their Members of Parliament about how damaging this project will be and asking for it to be slowed down, rethought and for a cohesive transport plan to be developed because this is not the right solution. We should be invest investing in public transport and freight rail. Sure. Thank and and help? Yeah, look, I entirely agree with Michelle. Um, I think another factor we can do, at, even when we were having going through the hearings, we were talking, there, there's new information that's come out and there's been cost blowouts in other major road projects. So I think we can tag onto that and just try and slow it down. So we don't, you know, the project was saying it'll create 5,000 construction jobs, but unfortunately we don't have those people because the government hasn't released the $1 billion in TAFE funding to upskill people. So things like that, and we don't, we don't have enough steel, Australian-made steel, for the project. So these are things that can at least give us a bit of breathing space and say, look, can't you wait until we can have jobs to create? 
create our own projects with Victorian workers. Then we can have more time to marshal our troops to try and get the environmental message out there. Absolutely. And I want to thank you all for joining me today. Um, We are out of time, but um, it has been a really interesting uh, discussion. And I feel like I've learned a lot more about the Northeast Link. So thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you, Helen. And thank you, Claudia, for joining me in the studio today. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to uh, 3CR. This is Phil Evans on Dirt Radio. We are out of time. Um, I want to thank my guests again, um, and if you want to hear that conversation again, or if you joined us partway through it and want to catch up on all things around the Northeast Link and how you can be involved in rethinking the link and slowing that project down um, to uh, really make sure we get it right, um, if it does go ahead, which we are hoping not. Um, but there's many things you can do. Uh, there are the rally tomorrow, so we'll put that in the show notes. I'll put in some of those links to the Sustainable Cities Collective, also the Friends of Banyol group, so you can make sure you get involved with that um make sure you stay around on 3cr we are really out of time um coming up next is the koori survival show and we're going to go out today with um some patty smith uh, we were just hearing about organized people against organized money and we all know around here at 3cr that people have the power see you later